Welcome to season nine of Next Question with me, Katie Couric. I've got some big news to share with you in our season premiere featuring the one and only Chris Jenner. Oh my gosh, congratulations. That is very, very exciting. And that's just the beginning. We'll also be joined by podcast host Jay Shetty, Hillary Clinton, Renee Fleming, Liz Cheney, and many more. So come on in, take a break from the incessant negativity for a weekly dose of fascinating conversations. Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...scams a bunch of famous athletes out of untold fortunes... Nearly $10 million was all gone. It's just unbelievable. Hide your money in your old rich men, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You have no idea how many young people I've now got credibility with because of your TV show. Are you kidding? It's true. Like the kids think I'm really cool now. <laughs> they do. What a ridiculous thing for you to say to me. I can't believe you did it, to be honest. I can't believe I did it either. <laughs> no, of course I can. Don't be ridiculous. But it's also me just going, oh, go on, let me be in another scene. Let me be in another yeah. scene. And they're like, okay, I suppose you can be in one with Alice. <laughs> on Rose's TV show, if somebody doesn't show up for work, Alice Snedden, who co-writes the show with Rose, she just is basically like this sort of zelig figure who they can slot into <laughs> any scene. And they slotted her into a scene with me in the next season, and it was complete heaven. So excited for you to see it. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. Can't wait. Hello, I'm Minnie Driver, and welcome to Mini Questions. I've always loved Bruce Questionnaire. It was originally an 18th century parlor game meant to reveal an individual's true nature. But with so many questions, there wasn't really an opportunity to expand on anything. So I took the format of Bruce Questionnaire and adapted what I think are seven of the most important questions you could ever ask someone. They are, when and where were you happiest? What is the quality you like least about yourself? What relationship, real or fictionalized, defines love for you? What question would you most like answered? What person, place or experience has shaped you the most? What would be your last meal? And can you tell me something in your life that has grown out of a personal disaster? The more people we ask, the more we begin to see what makes us similar and what makes us individual. 
I've gathered a group of really remarkable people who I'm honoured and humbled to have had a chance to engage with. My guest today on Mini Questions is actor and writer Rose Matafea. Rose and I both love George Siegel and both watch a lot of movies. Basically, I'm just trying to have things in common with her because I think she's clever and brilliant. She and the equally genius Alice Sneddon wrote the show Starstruck, which is on HBO in the US and BBC Three in the UK. And they had the very pleasing idea to cast me in the show as well as a terrible person, which I very much enjoy. It's a really funny show. I feel like Rose and Alice um, have the kind of voices that rise up and over the traffic jam of comedy shows that abound on every platform. Rose is just bloody funny. And her answer to what question she'd most like answered is unusual. All right, Angel, I'm going to crack on. Okay. First question. When and where were you happiest? (laughs) I don't know if many of your other guests have difficulty like identifying when they are happy I feel like happiness is like that thing for me that happens peripherally where it's like oh oh yeah and you kind of watch it kind of pass you by and I'm the worst at living in the moment that concept doesn't exist for me it's like every moment is either near future or the just recent past there is nothing about living in the moment or I'm trying to get away from it (laughs) don't make me be stuck in the moment I want to get away from that let that be the past this now has got to be the past really fucking fast really really fast and then I can dwell on it I love dwelling I live on the past I dwell in the past it's my house it's my home I've got a mortgage in it but there are very rare moments where I am very calm and aware of my surroundings and where I'm just being happy and relaxed. I think the last time it happened was it was lockdown last year. I came back from London to New Zealand to like watch the world end, I suppose, and sort of, you know, figure out what I'm going to do with my life. I don't have like a family home in New Zealand or anything, but my nan does. And so I live with my nan when I go back to New Zealand. And so I live with her for quite a few months and it was just me and her. And it was intense, but there was an afternoon where I was like in her backyard and it was like sunny she's the best nan ever she was like I'll put the hammock up for you Rose and she made me sit in the hammock and she furnishes me with all this stuff and then she brought over a radio that was like it was like a a crank radio a crank radio that was a crank radio which was also a torch (laughs) oh it's an emergency it's an emergency torch and FM radio I love it great that's the happiest (laughs) I've been in so long in a hammock with a crank radio yeah Oh. Playing like Seals and Croft. I've got the taste of like a 60-year-old man when it comes to music. It's that kind of era or like yacht rock, you know? Yeah, Kenny Loggins, all that Michael McDonald. Oh my God, give me some Michael McDonald. Give me some Little River Band or something, you know? I'm honestly the oldest person alive in my body. (laughs) Currently. I think it's that feeling very like safe, relaxed. And I don't know if I'm very much an extrovert, but I love, you know, that feeling of having someone in the other room pottering. I love that feeling. I love that too. I think that goes back to childhood. I really do. The complete safety. Mm -hmm. Because it was before we knew that like there was absolutely nothing they could do to stop the apocalypse if it were to happen. But when you're a child, you think that they could. Exactly. The sound of a radio playing in a different room as well. And like the sound of someone just doing chores (laughs) or like, you know, tinkering away. It's just so lovely. No, I agree. Do you know, it's so funny, my dad had some depression later in his life. And when I asked him what he did to combat it, he said, well, you know, the first thing I do in the morning is 
go downstairs and put the radio on and then go back upstairs so I can hear it from upstairs. And it sort of broke my heart, but I, I actually do it now even when I'm not depressed. It's the idea that there is proof of life somewhere in the house. Totally. I listen to New Zealand radio in London and I feel immediately just calm because it reminds me of my nan's house. And when my granddad passed away, her sister was like, keep the radio on. <laughs> she was just like, put the radio on all the time. It's going to feel like someone's in the house. And she just did. I think it's really interesting, like that idea of quite literally tuning into a frequency to go, okay, I can sort of be there and it becomes a companion. It becomes a tether to reality. Totally. It's pure comfort. It's really interesting. I rely on my kitchen radio. Yeah. It's like the thing of like looking at the moon and there's someone else looking at the same moon. It's like why people watch television and why people go to the cinema and why people listen to it. It's that shared experience. It's not the same if you put a playlist on. It's like there's something so specific and weirdly unifying about that, isn't it? Completely. So maybe it's about the creation of community because we're all so bleed and isolated. I think so. Those things that make us feel, even in our isolation, you're still alone when the radio's on, but you're also not. It's that feeling of going, oh my God, I'm alive at the same time as you. <laughs> that always blows my mind sometimes, you know, and I'm like, it's kind of incredible when you look around anyone, everyone, you're like, oh my God, we're alive at the same time. What are the odds? <laughs> what are the chances? What are the chances that we are alive at the same time? I love so many dead celebrities. And so I like, you know, I always get gutted because there's been so many people in human history, in the universe. It is bizarre that you and I are alive at the same time. It's a very cool, astonishing thing that I don't think people realize. I know, Rose... You you have, I don't mean this as an insult, but I think that you have quite a lot of stoned thoughts completely sober. Like you, re, like you function at a really stoned level of thinking a lot of the time. That's so true. And it's one of the things I love most about you because like you're not smoking weed when we're working and having these conversations. I'm not. No, 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 no. But with the backdrop, you know, watching the present moment go by as if it were a barge on a river whilst listening to Michael McDonald, whilst marvelling <laughs> that you're alive at the same time as all the people on that barge. Like, I fucking love you. <laughs> oh, my God. Don't do drugs, kids. Just be stoned sober, you know? Just do a lot of overthinking. Just be a Pisces. By the way, that's exactly it. Just be a Pisces. All right, so as a Piscean, then what quality do you like least about yourself? So many. I mean, <laughs> I, it's hard to narrow it down. I'm a very self-critical person. And that's something that I think maybe when I was younger, I thought it was a asset and I'm kind of realizing it's not. And it's a slight form of self-obsession, even though everyone is obsessed with themselves. But I've kind of built almost like a career of being self-deprecating. And I'm getting to the point now where I'm like... God, that might not be um, a great thing. But I think that's an interesting question in that I really do think that everyone has traits and there is always the like equally positive and negative aspects of them. So I think things that I go, oh gosh, I really don't like that about myself. There's always a flip side of going, well, if I didn't have that, I wouldn't have the other thing about me. And the thing recently I've realized is that I've got a quick temper. I can get really angry <laughs> and not necessarily at other people. 
I don't take it out on other people, but I, I sound like I'm, I'm like in Star Wars or something. I, I've got a lot of anger inside me sometimes <laughs> and I can't control, I can't control my emotions very well. I'm very bad, I think, at controlling my emotions. Me and my friend Emma, we describe it as living close to God. <laughs> like <laughs> we're just on the edge. We are on the edge of our emotions. There is no burying it. We are living life outward. <laughs> okay, wait, I'm also loving, hold on, I'm loving that it's taking something like, okay, I've got a really bad temper. Yeah, but let's call it being closer to God. <laughs> I'm a bit of a kleptomaniac. Okay, let's call that stealing for Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> you got to put a positive spin on things. you got to look at the bright side of life. Come on, Minnie. I couldn't agree with you more. And I wonder if that is the evolution of the awareness of the things that we don't like about ourselves is by going, well, if I didn't have this short temper or irritation or whatever it is, I wouldn't necessarily have this other thing. I don't think that the things we like least about ourselves are necessarily bad. I genuinely think that they're part of the awful quilt that we're shrouded in. <laughs> in our human existence. <laughs> oh my God. The quote, do you know quotes? You could not have made a more perfect metaphor for my outlook on life. It involves craft and it involves like complete cynicism. I mean, controlling emotions is hard, but I think it's it's particularly hard when your your work is about that. <laughs> it's like it's about harnessing it. It's the currency. Yeah. I think that's what learning the craft of whatever you do is, is being able to not go absolutely mental. It's a tightrope walk. I think it's also about figuring out what the triggers are. I figured out that men with a particular kind of handshake were really problematic. So the minute I shook hands with them, I was like, my own coach. All right, steady. Phil's a total <laughs> dick. You've, you've only just met him, but I know you're going to hate him. Don't let anything he says bother you. Just ignore him. And it actually worked. I wish I could do that with everybody, but I just got lucky realizing that men with weird handshakes, it's a particular kind of handshake. I don't know, man. Instincts. I hate that instincts are often so correct. It's such an annoying thing you want to ignore sometimes. Yeah, I think maybe that's the thing I hate about myself is that I do things against my better judgment. <laughs> there is a small rose in me. There is a rose in me. And she is so smart and so wise, so clever, has so many principles. She is strong. She's a strong rose, but she is a tiny one back. Somewhere in the, my hair. Well, you lock her in the bathroom, don't you? I mean, exactly, that's what we, yeah. we all do with the sentient person who lives inside us we often just lock them in the bathroom and don't let them come out with us exactly right everyone in the car not you <laughs> not you not you smart rose all right you're gonna ruin tonight hello jamila jamil here you may know me from my role in the good place or from she hulk or from social media and my activism I Weigh basically started as a social movement and my podcast is one of my truly greatest achievements. It's a podcast against shame and a place for us to have really honest and truly inclusive conversations. I love connecting with people. I love learning. I have a lot to learn and I'm inviting you along with me. On I Weigh with Jamila Jamil, I have friends, activists, specialists and absolute heroes join me to teach me from their experience and expertise. People like Conan O'Brien, Jane Fonda, Roxanne Gay, Reese Witherspoon, Nicole Byer, Alok, Kelly Roland and more. I Weigh with Jamila Jamil has new episodes out every Tuesday and you can find the show on earwolf.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. 
Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the L.A. Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. What question would you most like answered? Oh my goodness. Does everyone always say like, what happens after you die? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but it is kind of... I don't want to know. I don't want to know. What question do you most not want answered? I don't want to know what happens when you die. Jesus. I don't. I mean, I'm petrified of death. It's awful. I don't want it to happen. Death is unacceptable. It is an unacceptable <laughs> premise because it's accepting the absence of something. You cannot accept the absence of an experience. Do you know what I mean? I can accept it's going to rain. Oh, I have to accept the fact that I will not have the capabilities to accept anything anymore. It's like a freaking paradox. Like, what are you talking about? I think it would be worse to be told, because I just don't think anything happens. 
I think maybe something happens with the energy in your body because I was raised by hippies. You know, that goes somewhere, but you're not like, you know, able to do anything with it. You're just, it's probably like the end of 2001 Space Odyssey or something. But if I knew what happened after death, I would be such a shit human now. I'd be like, oh, fuck it. Oh, I can kick it and have, oh, fuck, what am I trying to be a good person here? Oh, God, fuck. No, whatever. I'm trying to think of things I genuinely want to know. I would like to know where eels come from. Do you know about eels? No, tell me. I mean, look, I didn't. I read a headline. I didn't read the whole article, but I read something. <laughs> oh my God. The rumor has it. Eels, no one knows where they go. They don't know where they come from. They don't know where they breed. What do you mean? What do you mean? Many, they don't know where the frick these eels are going. Okay, I'm Googling this shit right now. Where do eels come It's literally from? no one knows. Okay, hold on. Check it out, honestly. Um, listen, the new scientist, you're absolutely right. How are baby eels made? We still don't know. So let me ask you this. You don't want to know what happens with death because you don't want death to happen and you're annoyed by that. But you're not annoyed by eels. You would like to know where they come from. So are you quite conditional about the magic that you want an answer for? <laughs> yeah, basically. You know what? And even in saying that I want to know where eels come from, I don't. <laughs> I honestly, you know what? If you've got a secret to keep, they're keeping it for a reason. Like we don't need to know everything. Look, there must be some mystery left in this world. Embrace the unknown for God's sake. I wish I knew what I should not want to know. You know what I mean? Yeah. And just accept it and just go out. I mean, which must have been basically everybody in the dark ages. It's like, oh my God, yeah. What is that white light in the sky? I'll never know what that thing at night is, the big round silver thing. Bizarre. Don't need to know. It's on a need to know basis. And honey, you are not on the list. You are not on the list. But no, yeah, I think the knowing what happens after you die, it just, it sucks. It sucks. I don't know that it would make now any better. That's the only thing. I don't think it would. I don't think it would change because we can't stop. I'd rather know how to stop the dying thing. Oh, God, that'd be brilliant. I would even take knowing how to stop worrying about the dying thing. Ooh, that's good. Because to worry about something that is not in your control is irrational. And that's the worst thing about being human and being capable of understanding your own death. We've been cursed with <laughs> the ability to know that we will one day die. And it's like, it can be a kind of galvanizing, um, you know, energy. You know. Well, I was going to say, I would be extremely unmotivated if I didn't worry about death so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's so freaking true. <laughs> Actually, you know what? That's a really good point. Death, the great motivator. Memento <laughs> 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 mori. Get off your ass, bitch. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, slightly more in the here and now, but also to do with death. What would be your last meal? Thank you so much for asking. You're so welcome. I think about this often because mainly I got really obsessed with the last meals of serial killers on death row for a while. You know, my son was also very interested in that. It's usually fried chicken. Like if I were on Family Feuds, that would be number one that I would make everybody say. Always fried chicken. Or like I think often the default meal, well, if you don't ask for something is like a roast beef dinner or something. 
I think Ted Bundy like didn't eat his or something like that. I don't know. Look, I need to stop reading about this kind of stuff. One guy just chose one single pea. That's weird. I mean, that's the most annoying. How can you be annoying all the way up until, until death? I think you can. Yeah, one P. So wait, do you then compare what you would like to these serial killers and what they like and try and find? <laughs> well, I use it as a basis. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, well, you know, if I was, if I really had to choose. Because I think you could go with something, you know, sentimental or something, you know, my, my, my nan made. But honestly, <laughs> part of me is like, I want Pizza Hut. But the way they did it in the 90s, where they like essentially fried the crusts in oil, which was basically borderline illegal. And I want a meat lover's pizza, <laughs> a 1.5 bottle of Pepsi and some chocolate mousse. Because I think by the end of eating that, I would want to die. I'll be ready. I don't want to eat like a light meal. <laughs> I don't want to eat sashimi. I don't want to eat a light meal before I die. Get me to the point where I'm like, you know what? It would be awful to sort of pass on to the next stage after this. You'd be quite surprised how many people are like, you know, if I knew it was my last meal, I would barely be able to eat. And it's like, well, (laughs) well, also, what if you didn't know that it was your last meal? Exactly. If heaven existed and then you die and you look back on the, you know, sort of highlights reel of your last day and you see that you had like a pret sandwich or something, you're like, no why did I eat that you'd be so gutted in fact that's why I hate eating those yogurts that are like you know a billion acidophilus whatever it is because it makes me first of all it makes me feel like there's a billion creatures in my gut (laughs) but also I would hate the irony of doing something for my health right before I die (laughs) because then it would just be another lyric in Alanis Morissette's song it's acidophilus <laughs> right before you, you die. die. <laughs> I mean, it's that whole thing of wearing a good pair of knickers because you might get hit by a bus or something. And yeah, exactly. I had a stand up joke years ago from a very genuine fear. And something that actually happened to me being on a plane and really specifically deciding what film that you're watching because I'm really scared of flying. I don't want that plane to go down and I die. And my mum's like, what was the last thing she was watching? And then it would just be like, despicable me too it's like you don't want to you don't want that that to be the final one you know you want to watch something poignant and it happened I, went, I was on a flight to japan once and the plane like experienced engine failure and i was like oh holy shit i was alone i was like well this could be it but i didn't have any um songs saved to my phone or anything so as we were landing and as i was like really aware of the fact that this might be the last thing that i might experience on this, this world the song i picked to potentially die to was Peg by Steely Dan. <laughs> like what an ins- oh like what a song. But you know what? I stick by it. Like it's a bop. It's a bop. It's a bop. Oh my God. That is fantastic. Peg. Yeah. Peg. Just those harmonies and just going down. But that's a sly one because they arguably that is a great song even though there's just so much reference to kind of underage women and drugs and Stevie Dan. I just have, you know, the queer gold, the fine Columbia. Do you know how hard it is to be a 29-year-old woman living in 2021 and all of my favourite films being made in like the 60s and 70s? I've got the most problematic sort of list of texts uh, that are my favourite. But also we've established that you're a 60-year-old man in a, 29-year-old's body with a bunch of other personalities locked in the bathroom.
Hello, Jamila Jamil here. You may know me from my role in The Good Place or from She-Hulk or from social media and my activism. I Weigh basically started as a social movement and my podcast is one of my truly greatest achievements. It's a podcast against shame and a place for us to have really honest and truly inclusive conversations. I love connecting with people. I love learning. I have a lot to learn and I'm inviting you along with me. On I Weigh with Jamila Jamil, I have friends, activists, specialists and absolute heroes join me to teach me from their experience and expertise. People like Conan O'Brien, Jane Fonda, Roxanne Gay, Reese Witherspoon, Nicole Byer, Alok, Kelly Roland and more. I Weigh with Jamila Jamil has new episodes out every Tuesday and you can find the show on earwolf.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation... I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so what relationship, real or fictionalized defines love for you 
I mean, I, I love love. It's like an interest of mine. You know, I'm not successful in it, but I love the concept of it and others having it. One that I can really think of, which is so silly. When I was younger, I used to have like a celebrity height chart because I was quite tall and I felt really insecure about how tall I was. So I decided to make a chart in my school diary of all my favorite celebrities, how tall they were and then how many centimeters height difference they had to me. And being now in the business of show business, sometimes I I do meet people who were probably on that chart and I tell them about it and uh, they always take it not crazy well. And I, you know, I can't imagine they should. I always got obsessed with couples where the woman was taller than the man. What, like Nicole Kidman and Tom Cruise? Well, exactly. One of my favorite ones is Anne Bancroft and Mel Brooks. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Then I just started going down this rabbit hole recently of interviews with them both and when they would work together and how they met. And they just, they have like this, this crazy love. I mean, I love actors and I love film and I love the whole kind of weird, I don't know, universe of, of sometimes when they date and marry each other. But it's so nice when you see like two very talented people and you're like, oh, my God. And you guys totally get on and you love each other and you're obsessed with each other and you make each other laugh. And yeah, I just I really love their relationship and that the fact that she's so much taller than <laughs> You know, I agree. And I think it's because you see that they loved each other so much that walked in the room before anything else. Totally. And also because he is so confident and great and so not insecure and so not like quite a lot of other short actors whom I've worked with. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's a thing, isn't it? We've come so far. I live in such a progressive world compared to my mom and my grandmother and all other generations. And you go, it is still weird for me to date someone shorter than me. And it's utterly bizarre. It's so weird. And also, let me tell you, I don't know if this has happened to you yet as an actor, but I've had more ditches dug for me than I've had men put on boxes. Oh, my God. And it's kind of like, well... Can we do rock, paper, scissors for like who either goes on the box or goes in the fucking ditch? Because frankly, it doesn't feel equable and you're still shorter than me. Exactly. Someone's putting on heels here. But I found it's so not actors or men being short. It's the overcompensation for what it is they think they're missing. Whereas in the same way that Mel Brooks, he was just happy in himself and just with his super hot, amazing, beautiful, talented, clever wife. Yeah. There wasn't anything to compensate for. Exactly. And I think also, uh, particularly in, you know, heterosexual relationships, seeing absolute comfort in the other person's amazingness with no hint of jealousy or, or competitiveness of just being like stoked to be with someone just incredible. And it's like, that's really hard to find. I think particularly for women, you know, like women who just are fucking awesome and shine in the world. I mean, maybe I'm being a bit too bitter. I think there are many wonderful couples out there, but I do find it heartbreaking when really great women can't find cool people. It's all for... I know. I just got a text message from someone today going, can you find me a boyfriend? And it was just like, she's so amazing. I was like, what am I... What? What's going on? What is going on? And then also the other awful side of that was I was then thinking about men that I knew and oddly... 
the way that they've been dealing with their singleness is to not kind of do any self-excavation, but rather to just shag a lot of women. And they're not people that I would want to set my mate up with anyway, because they just, I was like, there's no one I know who's worthy. And she's like, are you talking about X, Y, and Z? And I was like, yes. And she was like, they're great. And I was like, well, I thought so until I saw how they behave with the women that they're sleeping with. Yeah. Do you know how much self-respect is a cock block? Oh my God. It's so horrible. It's like, it's so difficult. I'm single. I've been single for quite a few years intermittently. And the older I get, so it's like, and when I say the older I get, I'm like nearly, you know, I'm turning 30 next year. So I'm like, I've known nothing. I've got, and, and, you know, in 10 years, I'll look back at myself and go, what the hell was I thinking? But it's so funny. Like if I was in my early 20s, there are situations I'd be in where I'd, I'd totally act differently. But now I'm like, you're better than this, right? <laughs> you are better than this, which means you will not have sex right now. You need to accept that. <laughs> You know you're better than this, but you are not going to have sex. And you're going to own that. You've got to live with that. Okay? All right? I feel like you've got quite a few different people who you keep locked in the bathroom. I mean, it's a party. It's an ensuite. And they just let them out to let them out to berate you and then shove them back in so that you can go out by yourself and make terrible decisions. I mean, that's a, that's a plan. <laughs> Lock them in. You're only 29. I mean, seriously, this is the fun bit. And this sounds so patronizing. Give it to me. You saying that like having self-respect is a cock block. That's awesome. <laughs> that is so awesome. And I'm telling you, there is some dude who is going to think that is absolutely brilliant. And you know what? He might be listening right now. Oh, my God. Can you believe that? And we, how did you meet? Well, I was listening to um, Millie's podcast and I just felt it. And I just needed to find it. The twist is that I was the one who texted you asking for a boyfriend. Oh, God. Christ. <laughs> The second season of Starstruck, that I'm very happy to be part of, comes out in February. Mini Questions is hosted and written by me, Mini Driver. Supervising producer, Aaron Kaufman. Producer, Morgan Lavoie. Research assistant, Marissa Brown. Original music, Sorry Baby, by Mini Driver. Additional music by Aaron Kaufman. Executive produced by me, Minnie Driver. Special thanks to Jim Nicolay, Will Pearson, Addison O'Day, Lisa Castella and Anique Oppenheim at WKPR, Dela Pescador, Kate Driver and Jason Weinberg, and for constantly solicited tech support, Henry Driver. Welcome to season nine of Next Question with me, Katie Couric. I've got some big news to share with you in our season premiere featuring the one and only Chris Jenner. Oh my gosh, congratulations. That is very, very exciting. And that's just the beginning. We'll also be joined by podcast hosts Jay Shetty, Hillary Clinton, Renee Fleming, Liz Cheney, and many more. So come on in, take a break from the incessant negativity for a weekly dose of fascinating conversations. Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello. 
Jamila Jamil here. You may know me from my role in The Good Place or from She-Hulk or from social media and my activism. I Way basically started as a social movement and my podcast is one of my truly greatest achievements. It's a podcast against shame and a place for us to have really honest and truly inclusive conversations. I love connecting with people. I love learning. I have a lot to learn and I'm inviting you along with me. On I Way with Jamila Jamil, I have friends, activists, specialists and absolute heroes join me to teach me from their experience and expertise. People like Conan O'Brien, Jane Fonda, Roxanne Gay, Reese Witherspoon, Nicole Byer, Alok, Kelly Rowland, and more. I Weigh with Jamila Jamil has new episodes out every Tuesday and you can find the show on earwolf.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.